3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hi, this is Anne from Montreal, Canada. And this is Jamie, also from Montreal, Canada. We're training for the Walt Disney World 5K. And you're listening to the Rise Rise and Run Run Podcast. Podcast. Anne and Jamie, thank you for that. That's That's a nice little intro. Good luck on that 5K, Jamie. We're going to be looking for you at Walt Disney World. And it's coming up real soon. Hello, my friends. Welcome once again. Welcome to episode 118 of the Rise and Run podcast. We are, as always, delighted to have you with us. I'm Bob. I'm here with Jack. Hi. With Alicia. Hello. With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. And with John. Hey, how you doing, Bob? Happy birthday, Bob. Oh, thanks. Thanks. You know, it was only a couple days ago. Yep. I feel old, John. Mistake. Every new run's a PR, Bob. Every new run's <laughs> decade, a PR. Decade PR. I think we'll baseline that first before we start counting them as PRs. Okay. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I got a little story to tell about that when we get to talking about our training. Friends, welcome. Let's see. Our guest this evening, as we get close to Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, we are honored to have Alan Young and his wife, Grace. Alan is a perfect marathoner for all the Disney marathons. We've had our friend Chris Twiggs, who is perfect at Disney World. Alan, however, also did the one out at Disneyland. Alan and Grace are great guests. We know you'll enjoy that. Our friend Mark visits with us later in the episode. Mark's going to sing a song for us that has become a tradition as we get set to take on the tough challenges of the Disney World weekend. No spotlight this week. Instead, you are the spotlight as we go through the roll call of all the runners that have signed up for Walt Disney World Marathon weekend. That might take a while. There are a bunch of you, and we're proud of you. We want to make sure each and every one of you gets counted. My friends, if you enjoy the podcast, please share us as you've been doing. Share us with your friends. Introduce them to this podcast because we'd love to have them join us. Remember to follow us on Facebook. It's Rise and Run Podcast. On Instagram, that's Rise and Run Pod. And check out our YouTube channel. You can visit our webpage, riseandrunpodcast.com. Of course, if you got a question, a comment, a race report, or you would like to introduce an upcoming episode, you can call us, leave us a message at 727-266-2344. The Rise and Run Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Magic Bound Travel. Magic Bound Travel, the place to go for all your Disney vacation needs and your universal vacation trip and the Cruise trips, Disney Cruise, Royal Caribbean. MagicBoundTravel.com is the website. 
check them out. We'll be looking for our friends from Magic Bound at this weekend. I know they're going to be there in just a couple days. Jack, what's new on the YouTube channel? I know this past week we debuted the Marathon Weekend. Uh, what to kind of expect from what we learned from the event guide. And now we'll be doing the Disneyland Race Weekend event guide. So look out for that. Good deal. Thanks, Jack. An apologies and alibi section. We have a bit of one this evening. Greg, why don't you kick it off? Sure. So uh, last week I was alerted that in our uh, Marathon Weekend Facebook chat group, um, there was concern and some confusion about um, running and spectating uh, on Main Street USA when I talked about that portion of the event guide. So I just want to reiterate, um, and, and, and I believe when I double check what I said was correct that spectators are allowed um, to cheer on main street between 5 15 AM and 7 45 AM uh, for the half marathon. And if you enter uh, the uh, park before seven 30 in the morning, you do not need a theme park ticket. But if you enter after seven 30, you will need theme park admission. Where I think there was a little bit of confusion is, and, and this is where my apology comes in, is that when I said once um, 7.45 hits, I said that they'll be sweeping everyone out of the park in order to get it ready for day guests. And in terms of Run Disney, that was probably not the perfect uh, term uh, to use. I meant that in terms of they just wanted to clear those cheering on main street so that they right. can open uh the gates for you know participation and you know the go around the park in the magic kingdom i did not mean sweeping in terms of the runners and everything like that no. so i just wanted to <laughs> offer an apology on that front but again if you have any questions at all about the times uh, of when you can spectate on main street for both the half marathon and the full uh, just double check and uh, consult that event guide uh, that's posted on the Run Disney website. So I'm so sorry I used the S word. Yeah, you got to be careful about using the sweep phrase around Disney runners. In fact, at the house here, we just move dirt into a dustpan with a broom. We don't do that S stuff. Uh, but you mentioned the community chats, Greg. We're always getting new folks into the Facebook group. If you're not familiar with them, there are a bunch of community chats lifted on, listed on the left-hand side there. There is one for Marathon Weekend. There's one for the Marathon Meetup. They're a lot of fun, and they're very active. So good place to go to ask questions and uh, chat with your fellow Rise and Runners. I've got an apology, and our friend Patrick pointed this out to me. I was talking about the rain in Orlando last week. And I said, Hey, if you watch this particular football game that was played at camping world stadium, well, that's on me. I knew the game was in Orlando. I knew camping world stadium was in Orlando. What I didn't realize was that the university of central Florida has a stadium on their campus, the FBC mortgage stadium. And in fact, that is where the ball game was played. And the reason that this is important is because there's a whole bunch of facility workers who really worked hard to fix that turf 
after the game that got absolutely destroyed with all the weather, all the rain. In all honesty, as a football fan, considering the amount of rain that they got, that field held up pretty well. The painted areas, particularly in the center of the field, got wet and slippery. But that seems to happen everywhere. That the painted areas in bad weather get slippery. So that held up pretty well. It was not Camping World Stadium. It was FBC Mortgage Stadium. Patrick, thanks for pointing that out. I appreciate it. Let's talk about what's coming up on our episodes. We normally do this at the end, but there's a reason I want to bring it up right now, and I'm going to ask Greg to help me out. Sure, yeah. So it's one of those things where obviously – the next couple of weeks are going to be quite busy, not only for you, but for all of us here at the Rise and Run podcast. So just I want to give you a little glimpse into what you'll be able to listen to over the course of the next several weeks. So next week, uh, there will be a new episode. We are Now, right now, we're going back and forth. We're, we're talking internally about when we're going to release that episode. We might do an early release um, prior to the start of the weekend, or we might do our, our typical Thursday drop. Not 100% sure yet, but for that episode, and this is, folks, this is one you're not going to want to miss. We have the Run Disney Race announcers back, and this time we got our friend Tracy to join us as well, too. So it was wonderful getting a chance to chat with her. So it's all brand new material. It's you know due to their availability and our availability, we had to record that entire episode early, um, earlier in the month. So, but again, but it's all brand new material for you featuring the Run Disney Race announcers. Again, that's going to be dropping sometime next week during Marathon Weekend. I'm looking forward to it, Greg, because I was laughing so hard that I know I missed some of it. I can't wait to hear the parts that I missed. Yeah, having the chance to edit this one early, I agree with you, Bob. It is laugh out loud funny, so get ready for that one. Then the following week, the episode that's going to be releasing on January 11th, that is going to be one of our rewind episodes. We're going to be rewinding an interview that we did with our friend Misty all the way back in early 2022. Yeah, so if you don't know who Misty is, she was the the woman who had her bib stolen during the 2022 Princess Half Marathon weekend, and she highlights the epic story of losing her bib and then actually finding it on the race course. So it's it's one of those stories that we don't want to miss. And we're actually, the reason why we're playing that episode is we're doing that in honor of the infamous Patty Pan um, bib stealer on Disneyland. So we figured that that would line up very, very well with the return of Run Disney to the West Coast. So now I will say that episode does have new material in it as well. Um, we actually uh, talk about some Disney hot takes um, that was really, really fun to record. So again, just because it says rewind, it you know it isn't a full replay of the whole episode. It's just that interview. So again, episode 119 releasing next week with the Run Disney Race announcers. And then the following week on January 11th, um, that will be a rewind when we do not talk about Bruno. But then the following week after that, January 18th, we will be back with you with live current episodes, and there we'll be highlighting our recap of the 2024 Run Disney Marathon Weekend. So thanks for being so patient with us because, again, a lot of travel schedules, a lot of logistics that need to be figured out in all of this. But again, don't worry. Even though we're not giving the episodes to you live, you're still getting brand new Rise and Run material. So, Greg, 
I got to talk to you about last week. So as you guys know, we gave you guys a lot of long episodes in the last couple of weeks for our training runs. We kind of caught up to the end of our quota for storage space for doing our podcast. So we had about two hours, a little bit less than two hours and 42 minutes left of uh, time. And our editor, just like a great Galloway pacer, brings us in just on time. Greg, Greg, great job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was. I remember we were chatting and you had asked me if it was going to be close. And I was like, "Eh, I think it's going to be over. And obviously there was some obvious stuff that needed to be cut in. You know, we have dead air because, you know, folks, there's a lot of editing that goes into this. We're we're not perfect. Two hours and 40 minutes straight. Um, But yeah, once the end of that song hit, I was like, oh, my gosh, we are like 32 seconds under this is incredible so uh so it worked out and we didn't have to pay the four extra dollars it's actually podcasting two. Uh, yeah uh, it's actually it's platform. actually two dollars greg okay it's two dollars because i want my two dollars <laughs> we went to a different tier with buzzsprout it used to be four dollars now it's two so but i never doubted it greg i knew we had it all along thanks all right friends hey as we typically do let's look at training uh, marathon weekend's coming up, I hear. <laughs> marathon weekend. Oh, gosh. By the time you listen to this, you're probably getting ready to pack. So you know it's a week away. There's still a training schedule, and I would encourage you to try to stay with it. I know I will tell you from my personal experience, mar- uh, motivation wanes a little bit after you finish that last simulation. However, don't let your don't let all your hard work get it's not gonna get wasted but continue with your training as much as you can you've got seven miles on this weekend take it at a nice easy long run pace and you'll be good to go disneyland two weeks away if you're doing one of the long events the same thing that involves the half marathon it's a 14 miler this is your long run for training week 16 princess princess is now eight weeks away if you're doing a challenge you've got a two mile walk and a nine and a half mile walk run for week 10 of your training schedule and gang this one threw me for a loop when i first noticed it as of today the day of our recording not the day of release but as of today we are 100 days away from the springtime surprise expo so we're about to be double digits to the last race of this run disney season but as of release isn't that isn't that something jack yeah (laughs) time is just flying but as of release you are 14 weeks away from expo day your long run is four miles Final training thoughts. I just commented, keep going. How are we doing, kids? Training still going okay? I've been having my heel act up quite a bit this past week. And I've been icing it and it's gotten better. But because of that, I didn't do my last long run. I was supposed to do 12 by one mile repeats. And um, I just, I forgot it because I'm like, well, the race is two weeks away. I don't want to aggravate something that's already bothering me. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with that being said, so I just kind of, I've been doing really good about keeping up with my yoga. 
And I've been very happy about that. And I've been still doing my runs, just obviously just the shorter runs, uh, like my Christmas run with Christmas lights. I don't, I don't want to change anything I said about continuing to train, but I will say that it's most important to cross the start line. Oh, absolutely. Meaning if you're risking aggravating an injury or something, now's not the time to test it out. Now's not the time to test anything new. Mm-hmm. So it's tapering yeah. time, friends. <laughs> I had an interesting experience. I shared this on Facebook on the 23rd, which was Festivus, of course. I went on a training one, including a magic mile. It was my last training run as a person in his 60s, and it went very well. I was surprised. My Magic mile time is coming down. It's not where it used to be before all of this, this nonsense with surgeries and broken toes and falling through bridges and stuff like that. Uh, but it's coming back and it's because the training plan works. So that that was significant for me. I didn't I didn't even think about it when I went out. I didn't think about it until I got back that that would be the last time I took a run as a 60-something. And I came back and looked at all the medals I have here on the wall. And again, I put this picture up. And I realized that with the exception of one of them, they were all earned by a 60-year-old. So my message was, it's never too late to start. That That's one thing. The other thing I wanted to say on a personal note is that the response that I got to that to include the birthday wishes, etc., was overwhelming and humbling. I started by saying to myself, I'm going to respond to every one of these, and it got to the point where I couldn't do it. It was just too many, and that's because of this wonderful family that we're part of. And I can't thank you enough. I I read words like inspirational, but you know, I hope you know that you inspire me. That's the reason that I continue. And that's the reason that today I did my first training run as a 70 year old person. And I don't know why, but I wanted to quit. (laughs) I wanted to quit. I started out the first mile or so. I'm going, good grief. What's going on? It's only been two days, but, uh, I, I use that trick that we've tried to share with you before. When the run goes bad at the beginning, give it 10 minutes. And I, said to myself, all right, I'm going to gut this out for at least the first mile. And and I did, and then things picked up after that. So I'm continuing my training. But again, my friends, thanks to all of you. That was, that was awesome. Gang, we are a week away from Marathon Weekend. Do you have anything you would like to share with our friends? Perhaps first time down? Perhaps they've done it before? Anything you want to talk about? about Disney runs. I would like to say to anybody who's going for their first time, or even if it's not your first time, make sure that you're taking the time to soak up every bit of it because we, we do all this training and we're waiting for the weekend to come and then it's there and it goes by in the blink of the eye and you want to make sure that you're taking it all in. I know that when I did my first one, I kind of had imposter syndrome because I was like, whoa, that happened. I know I did it, but it happened so fast. And so just take in every moment, going down Main Street um, at the expo, meeting all the friends, 
all of the things. I could not agree more. Because it's marathon weekend and there's obviously four races, um, there is one thing that I've kind of stuck to for the most part, and that is practice getting up early (laughs) at least a few days prior to race weekend. So that way your body's used to getting up at that time and then you're used to going to bed earlier because of it. Um, and then with that also kind of coinciding with it, um, don't take a nap. This is my personal opinion. Do not take a nap after one of the races <laughs> during the race weekend, because if you do, then you're going to sleep and then you're not going to be tired for later in the day. So that's just my big thing is, that, okay, so if I don't take a nap, okay, so I have some energy bar that I have in, in an earlier part of the day to kind of you know, might keep my energy going and then go to bed at like six. I've had some of the best sleeps. Like you want to talk about Tower of Terror 10 Miler? Me and Lexi went to bed because we were both really tired. We went to bed. I think we laid down at 5 p.m., fell asleep at 6 p.m., woke up feeling so refreshed. I'm saying you guys, it works. Had a good race. Good. And (laughs) I'm going to throw out, Jack, that works and it works for you and you should do it. And I agree 100% now. And it may be, and I'm not joking or trying to be, it may be a function of age, but I will mm-hmm. end up, I will end up napping a little bit. However, I agree a hundred percent about getting to bed early. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Get to bed early. Uh, I, I try to get to bed by seven. If I fall yeah. asleep, wonderful. If I don't, and we've talked about this before, at least I'm lying down and relaxing and, and yes, lowering my absolutely. heart rate and relaxing my muscles, mm-hmm. et cetera. So get to bed early. If you can sleep, great. If not, and, and Jack's suggestion, sure. It works for her, and I think it's a great idea. Uh, doesn't, doesn't work for this old guy. The advice that I would give to everyone, whether this is your first Run Disney Race weekend or your 20th, is make sure, and, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, about things to pack um, that, you know, that, that you shouldn't forget. But remember to pack your patience. Yes, Greg. Oh, that's so Absolutely. good, Greg. <laughs> it's one of those things where you will be going through a lot of processes throughout the course of the entire weekend. And you may have in your head that, oh, it's going to go like this. I'm going to be in and out and everything like that. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. I'll give you a perfect example. Last year at Marathon Weekend, I thought one of the quickest things of the entire expo was going to be picking up my bib and it was close to an hour long process because of a massive line that snaked all throughout the ESPN complex and then finally getting into the building and then, you know, getting the bib and, and, and the whole nine yards. So that's just an example. You know, the fact that, you know, having to have the patience to wait for the bus and then having the patience to ride the bus and make sure that your bus driver knows where they're going and everything like that. And then especially with patience as it relates to, you know, this is our first marathon weekend where all the races are going to be leaving from the parking lot area for everyone that um, was not at wine and dine. This is going to be a new process for us. So have patience and, but, you know, like we always say, though, even though there might be frustrating or stressful things related to Marathon Weekend, just be patient and be kind to one another, and you're going to have an absolutely fantastic race weekend. 
Another thing that I feel like I specifically learned during Dopey, but kind of also during this past Wine and Dine weekend, because I did three races then and Dopey's four, regardless if you're doing, I would say two races or more, you're going to feel extremely exhausted. And if you say you did the 5K on Friday and then you have the 10K on Monday and you know you're going to be tired, modify your park day, save yourself, save your legs on the days that you know you're going to need it the most um, in terms of races, Um, especially, man, especially for the half marathon and marathon days. Like I know I'm going to the parks early on Saturday, but I definitely am not staying very long and I won't be doing much. So, (laughs) so kind of make sure that I guess, I guess modify your expectations because I know it's a Disney weekend, but it's going to be a long and exhausting, but wonderful weekend. So just kind of remember, um, take care of yourself, you guys. Yeah. I'll add just one thing, Greg. I agree with, well, I agree with everything that's been said. Uh, patience on the course. Patience on the course is important. We know good running etiquette. We know that not everyone at Disney races follows good running etiquette. You're going to get boxed in behind walkers. You're going to want to move around. Relax, relax, you'll get there. Just have patience on the course and you'll enjoy the whole thing a whole lot more. Good stuff. Greg, I think you mentioned talking about things to pack. So I asked the gang to make a list, each one of us, of things that they want to remember to bring the race, bring to race weekend with them. Things you might, might miss. So let's go over our list. I want to see whose list gets exhausted first. And I will ask Alicia to start us off. So the first thing that I would say to not forget is if you need any medication or if you take an inhaler to bring that with you. Okay. A good one. Was that on anyone else's list? No. You got a unique one. And I should, I should remember that too. You get a gold star, Alicia. Jack, you want to go next? (laughs) Well, you guys, we're going to be out there for a while, especially on the marathon day. So bring some suntan lotion because we might need it. (laughs) Not a bad idea. I had that one. John had that one. (laughs) one. I thought about it. I didn't didn't put it on my list. Uh, Greg? So I know this isn't applicable to every runner, but your gym boss timer. Okay. Especially if you're a Galloway runner, because that thing is a lifesaver. And the beautiful thing about it is you don't have to rely on your phone for it. You know, in case the battery dies or something like that, you just pop a AAA battery into that thing. And that thing has lasted me several marathons. So yeah, it's it's an important tool to have, especially if you're a Galloway runner. That's a good one, Greg. Wasn't on my list, but that's a good one. I used to replace the batteries in my gym boss before every marathon weekend. Um, the one I have now is rechargeable, so I don't need to do that. But good one. John, I'm going to jump in front of you. I would say remember to bring a hat or a visor. I don't know if you typically wear one in your training or not, but if it gets to raining, you're going to wish you had one. So a hat or a visor in case we get raining weather. Now I'm two down, Bob. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting thrown out of here soon. Okay. Well, John, give us one off of your list so so you at least get one in. That's good, okay. John. Okay. 
if you can, bring Mylar blankets before the okay. race. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I have something warm that you can throw away, so I'm going to check one off of my list here, John. I will say, over the holidays, uh, speaking of Mylar blankets, I did see um, on an Instagram story from our friend Amanda over at Once Upon a Marathon, she put out a link for apparently they now sell Mylar ponchos. I hmm. saw that. Which kind of awesome. <laughs> that, like, talk about a, a brilliant mashup of two things that would work amazing for this race weekend. And I, I want to say, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say it was like maybe a four pack for like 20 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, if you just Google, you know, if you just search, you know, Mylar Poncho on Amazon, I'm sure something will come up. Yeah, but then, Greg, you got to take it off for the start line. Then every time you hit a timing mat. Yeah, you can't, right. So, Oh wait! You never hit the last. <laughs> yes, you, timing you, mats. You, you may hear that announcement once or twice, not to take your mylar blanket across the start line. I'll leave that to our race announcer friends well, to maybe, give you. Maybe, more maybe you put the bib outside the mylar blanket. Maybe that might work. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we've been around once. I still have three items left on my list. I'm good to go for another. All right, go then, Jack. Go ahead. Okay. Well, in terms of potentially needing a poncho, you know what you also might need if you're doing more than one race? An extra pair of shoes. Because if the oh, first Jack, one I had that. Out, I got you. <laughs> because you know it's important. <laughs> Alicia? And doing all those miles, if you're doing more than one race, you might need some body glide or Vaseline or something oh, yeah. for chafing. Oh, that meant yeah. to be. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, that should have been on my list. It's not, but it. Um, see, see, that's why we do this. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're doing this. See, yes. I would have driven all the way over there, Alicia, and not. No, well, <laughs> that is something you can get at the expo, by the way. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, that's one you don't want to forget. Good one, Greg. All right, the next one for me. Uh, I know last week Devin and Kristen both mentioned this several times uh, during that interview is some type of recovery tool, whether that is a stick, a foldable foam roller, my personal favorite, the, uh, the BFF, um, which I think is a foam roller on steroids. Um, Yeah. So some type of, you know, regardless of whatever race distance that you're doing, the fact that, you know, you can have that back at your resort room, you know, before you head out into the parks, just you know, do a little bit of foam rolling, uh, and that will do wonders for your body for recovery. So you can go to the parks and you can prepare yourself for the next day's race if you are doing multiple events. Okay, John, go. Well, that's my last one, so I'm done after this one. So uh, <laughs> everything else was picked already. I bring Ziploc bags. I bring it for my phone. I bring it for. Like if I need like aspirin or any kind of medicine that you don't want getting wet or lost in your little uh, pouch, Ziploc bags. To go hand in hand with Ziploc with Ziploc bags, um, bringing an extra battery um, with you on the course, even if it's like one of those ones that what's the ones that you can get can get in the parks and you could switch fuel, out fuel, oh, fuel, fuel rods, rods. Oh, yeah. charger, fuel rod. phone charger. Yeah, get yourself like maybe something like that, a small little charger to be able to stick in a pocket or something. Because especially during the long races, if you're out there taking pictures and characters and all of a sudden your phone dies, I mean, that would suck because if you're trying to meet up with people afterwards, you can't communicate, you know? Okay. 
So that is honestly something I've never had problems with. My battery has always lasted, and it ain't it ain't because I'm speedy. Just don't turn the uh, my Disney Experience app on. Just close that down before <laughs> yeah. you start racing. Okay, that thing kills your battery. I am okay now with the phone that I have, but um, when I had my previous phone, I had to bring an extra charger. Oh, or years my phone ago. Would die. Um, oh yeah. Well, even last, I think I didn't have this phone last year. Maybe, maybe it's been two years, but um, yeah, it would. My phone would die. So we'll see. Like. I like before I ever started bringing around my GoPro, I would take video on Snapchat for my my family because they wanted to see what the race would look like. And so that took up so much battery just because I kept taking it out and then I wanted pictures <laughs> and everything. So that's why like my phone personally would die. Okay. But... All right. I'm going to take one that hasn't been mentioned yet. Sunglasses. That's mm-hmm. on my list. Yep. Yeah. Whether you train with them, I do, but. Sometimes people don't train with them very often. You're going to want them, particularly coming out of Magic Kingdom on Marathon Day. The sun is coming up and you're looking right into it. So I've got sunglasses on my list. Especially for that new course we're doing when we come out of Blizzard Beach and we come around and we're going to go up that hill. It was very sunny for Wine and Dine, so I assume it's going to be very sunny uh, for Marathon Weekend as well. Um, my next one is any fuel, hydration, protein that you need um, over the weekend to bring those. So if you're trying to uh, get into a virtual queue for some of the attractions that require it, like Tron or Guardians of the Galaxy, please make sure you have your alarm on. I know it's weird to say, especially when it goes off during a race, but if you if it matters to you that much that you want to get onto an attraction like that later in the day, Make sure you got your alarm on. Yeah, it is funny. I, I, It amuses me on the course when all of a sudden it, what is it, like 7 a.m.? Yeah. yeah. You look down and, and half the runners are on their phone mm-hmm. trying to get a virtual queue. Greg, go ahead. Well, with, with Alicia and yours uh, last two, my list is officially exhausted. So. All right. Yay. So, John, you and you and Greg, good. That's I think you're winners because you're out. I... I have one that we've talked about, uh, but I just bought a bunch of those rain ponchos off of Amazon where you get, I think I got 10 of them for $12 or some nonsense like that. And uh, they're nice, uh, easy. They fold small. And when you don't need them anymore, you get to pretend you're the Incredible Hulk and you just rip them off and it's really cool. (laughs) I have one more on my list. Um, And that is if you are somebody who uses rock tape or KT tape, they do sell KT tape at the expo, um, but it's always good to have your own. So bring in that. Yeah. Um, I have gloves on my list, uh, but I get cold easily. So that's something I wouldn't normally think to bring to a race, but I think one of the races might start in the high forties and I'd be happy to have gloves. Well, that exhausts mine. There's something to kind of remember about that, though. If you guys bring something and you want to not wear it on the court, like you start wearing it on the course and then you decide you don't want to wear it. If you bring something that you want to kind of throw to the side, Disney will donate that. That is correct. Disney donates all the recovered clothing. So that's a good thing to remember. But I, I have one last one. Again, this only comes from one experience that was not me. But I, but I know of somebody. Please make sure that when you're on your way to the race... You actually have your bib on because I've known somebody that's had to go back 
It was, I've it seen was that really as you well. wanting to check. No, it actually was, wasn't. I was, was really, really proud of myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt so bad for him. I think he got to the race and then had to race back to the hotel. Oh, wow. And then come back. Um, it was somebody who I was listening to a conversation nearby. I was like, <laughs> that sucks. Um, but if anything, put your bib onto your costume or whatever you plan on wearing the night before. Just yeah, put it I on there so don't do even that. forget about it. There was somebody on my bus last year that um, was like, wait, as the bus was starting, pull away. And they're like, what? And they were like, I forgot my bib. I have to get off the bus. So it does happen. So it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so early in the morning. Your your brain is only half on, you know what what I mean? So, yeah. Just something going back to Jack's with the virtual cues, especially for the virtual queue for the expo for that stuff. Oh, yeah. With that 45 mile thing, uh, make sure if you're using a VPN on your phone, you turn it off or your computer because it will affect your 40. You could be right there in the expo. And if your VPN is on, it's going to say you're over 45 miles away. So you might want to turn that off. Don't ask me how I know. Just I know. <laughs> All right. All right, gang. Good stuff. Good last minute advice for folks. Hey, let's visit now. Let's visit with our guests for the week. Friends, on the on the eve of Marathon Weekend, we are privileged and proud to have with us two special guests this evening. You may know them. You've seen them on the Facebook page. Disney icons in the running world. Alan Young and his wife, Grace, are with us this evening. Hiya, guys. Good to see you. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad at this very busy time of year. We're so glad you took the time out to talk with us. Now, Alan, not everyone, many of our friends know who you are by name, but not everyone does. In short, you are a perfect marathoner at Walt Disney World, but there's more to this story, isn't there? There's Disneyland. But not only have you run, and correct me when I'm wrong here, not only have you run all 30 at Disney World, but you ran the marathon at Disneyland, and there was more to it. You had to run other marathons before you could run the Disneyland marathon. Is that right? Correct. In 95, there was the Disney World marathon in January, and then they had the Disneyland marathon in March. But if you lived in Orange County or Los Angeles, the race director who wasn't, who was from here, he wasn't from the Orlando area, decided that Disneyland should not compete against Los Angeles. So in order to run the Disneyland marathon, you had to run the Los Angeles marathon three weeks before. Uh-huh. What? I, I was aware of that, Alan. I did not, did not know the reason for it. I get it now. So three weeks before, huh? Oh, so, wow. So the longest challenge is actually 52.4. It's the Los Angeles Disneyland Marathon. And we got an extra shirt, but there was no extra medal. Grace, you've been very active in all these also, haven't you? How many of these marathons have you participated in? In Disney World, I've done 26. And I did not run the Disneyland uh, when it was there, overall, I've done 43 full marathons. Wow. Wow. That's, imp- that's very impressive. Yeah. What are some of the others that you've run? Any favorites? 
Uh, Big Sur is a favorite. I've done Big Sur five times. Uh, we have traveled and um, I've done Boston, Portland, Oregon, uh, Silicon Valley, which I think is now gone, rock and roll in San Diego. Good ones. Cool. I understand that Big Sur marathon is just gorgeous. That's definitely a favorite of mine. Tough one, though, isn't it? It's very hilly. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Florida, we're not sure what hills are. I was literally just about to ask, what was your guys' favorite marathons out of all the ones you guys have done? Big Sur, that's like a dream one. Alan, I'm sure you've done some others, right? Yes. I've done Boston five times, Los Angeles, Orange County, Portland, Silicon Valley, San Francisco, San Diego Rock and Roll. Las Vegas. Wait, so which one's your favorite non-Disney? I would probably say it's for beauty, Big Sur. It's just gorgeous. Okay, fair. For tradition, Boston. Yeah, good answer. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's back all the way up. When did you two start running? Alan, when did you start running? Uh, the, the, The late 70s. Yeah? Yes. So you were not a runner in school then or all right? I, I was. I mean, I ran ran in in uh, in high school a little bit, but uh, it was just I didn't really have any time uh, when I was in school, or I, and I just it was stressful. So running was convenient. I could just get a pair of shoes and then just start running around the apartment complex I lived, and uh, just because of the school schedule, I basically ran at night. How about Grace? When did you start running? I started running after I finished college in 81 and not on a very consistent basis. Uh, had a couple of friends that were trying to go jogging. So I'd run with them, ran a little bit on my own. And it was a few years. It was about mid eighties that I was more influenced by Alan because I knew him at that point. And he was doing a lot of five Ks and 10 Ks every weekend. So I started doing some 5Ks, and I remember thinking that how could you manage to do a 10K when I would be breathing so hard, pushing pushing myself to run fast on a 5K. Um, but it went from there. It was I didn't start doing the full marathon distance until 94. So there were a number of years that I just did the shorter distances, 5Ks, 10Ks, and then I eventually started doing halves. Good, great. Okay, so Alan, for you, I got a question for you. So when did you realize or the idea of you being a perfect marathoner at Disney World kick in? Was it like accidental? It's like, wow, I just did 10 and now they came back to you saying you're perfect? Or was it just something that, how did that come about? Well, number one, it was really by accident. Uh, Grace had been running for a while. And I was a member of the uh, subscription to the New England uh, Runners. And so the ad for the Disney World Marathon came out there. So I asked Grace and and we wanted to go to Disney World. So we filled it out, sent it in, and then we signed up for it. And after 95, the, 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 the Disney World and the Los Angeles and the Disneyland uh, I really had to push for the Disneyland because it was a five-hour hard cutoff, and then we got lost. So they had, we were supposed to be in the back by 
450, but they extended it because we had to go out and run in the parking lot for another mile before we got to come in. The finish was on Main Street. The problem is I, I seized up, I had muscle fasciculations, and I fell over. And they put IVs in me, but there wasn't any medical tent. So Grace actually held the IV bottles and it oh couldn't my stop goodness. my legs. So I literally got wheeled out of Disneyland. And I thought that was it. I was done. I wasn't going to run another marathon. So after, after five years, I mean, we got a little plaque and then it was kind of like, okay, that was going to be about it. And just, we just decided that it was a nice place to run and it was, it was safer because, uh, they owned the road. So I didn't get hit by a car because I've ended oh, up on nope. three car hoods over the years. Oh my. So, um, it just, it just really was completely unexpected and it just started, it kept rolling along. But we didn't plan it. Didn't, didn't plan it. It just came to be. Alan Grace, I, I want to hop in the Mandalorian here for a, a second. And, you know, obviously having that perfect status, it, you know, puts you in this very exclusive group. And, and I know in the past, you know, we've talked to Jeff Galloway about this and, and we've talked to the Chris Twiggs as well. But what in your mind and Grace, in, in your mind as well, what would you say was like the, the, the key, like, I don't know, year or pivot point in terms of how run Disney has evolved from being a race that used to start in World Showcase in Epcot and people wearing cotton t-shirts to the mega corporation that it is now, you know, with over, you know, 15,000 runners doing, you know, the half or, or the full marathon. What, what, what in your mind sticks out as, um, you know, the, the key turning point in all of this? I think team and training was a big part of a change in that evolution. Um, road races didn't used to have the amount of entertainment that they have now. And the early Walt Disney World Marathon, they didn't have that many people cheering. They used to send out uh, survey forms for everybody to fill out in the early years. And they'd ask you everything. And everybody's complaint was, well, there's, you know, you're out and back and there's nothing to see and no entertainment. So that changed uh, that they started to add employees out there and add more entertainment to the course. But once I think team and training started to become pretty mainstream, it got a lot of people off the sofa and thinking about doing races and going to Disney to do a race that probably weren't traditional runners in the old race mentality. Um, they wanted to go do an event. Uh, take their family to Disney World. And it got people that weren't per se athletic or runners to get involved. And I don't see them as much involved now, but for a period of time over the years, they were very actively involved in cheering team and training uh, groups. Now, we've never participated in that as team and training coaches or runners, but it has been something that has been on the course. I think, I think the big push, which I don't know if they really expected this or not, was the inclusion. I mean, when I first started running, females could not run a marathon. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. 
1984 was the first Olympic marathon, and it was the first time that females could go over 1,500 in the Olympics. Less than 10 years later, they had Disney World, and if you looked at the videos on the first Disney World, there were some females, but it was predominantly male. And then it just bloomed from there. I don't think they expected it to be as big as it was. Yeah, it's it's definitely grown, and and women's activity in the sport of running, I've, I've seen that grow markedly since I got into it in the 80s. I think that's that's excellent, though. That's wonderful. If you had to choose between the two, which one would you do or prefer? Disneyland or Disney World? Disney World. Disney World. They, oh, own, wow. they own the roads. I mean, Disneyland <laughs> has character, but... There's, there's no other race that I can even imagine that is a loop race, even that basically you all run on their own roads. I mean, Cone Alley is Cone Alley because it's their road, but they have so many cones that you can't really step over. Disneyland was a two-loop course, and that in 95, and that was the only year that they did the full. So if you're comparing Disneyland to Disney World, it's comparing a, a half to comparing a full. And there's just so much on that full course to be able to get to go through all four parks and so much to see and so much entertainment. And they have very good support for runners compared to any other race. I think that Disney does a great job with the support for the runners for the full 26.2 miles. So it's hard to compare for me the two in that regard. Yeah, they are kind of in a league of their own, aren't they? Uh, the races are coming back to Disneyland. A lot of folks are very excited. I'm sure you are too. Now you mentioned being perfect at Disneyland. I assume that's for all the halves? Except for yes. Tinkerbell. Yeah, for, I'm, I'm not perfect for Tinkerbell. Okay. I, I'm not going to take any personal offense to that, despite the costumes that I may wear sometimes. That's okay. <laughs> I'll let it pass. But what can you tell our friends about running at Disneyland? Because a whole bunch of them have never been out there. What would you like to share about running at Disneyland? You've, you've talked about some of it already, but is there anything else you'd like to highlight? Well, number one, it used to start next to Disneyland, but it used to start on a public road and it still will. And then you went into the parks and then you exited the parks and then you ran on streets. Uh, one of the big features was running through Angel Stadium on a couple of the runs and that's gone this year. But I think that they really tried to do a good job on it, but there's just not enough room in the parks to accommodate all the miles or all the people. They have to stretch it out somehow. And they brought back the perfect program even for the Disneyland half marathons. And the perfect program has gone gangbusters. And it's really, Disney was the one that actually started that. They had legacies at Los Angeles, but they have a meal. There's no other equipment. And the, the Grizzly Vets of the Big Sur are still recognized, but they don't really, they recognize them and they give them the meal, but they don't really do anything else. Disney was the one that actually started the legacy programs. And now with all the legacies on the wine and dine and princess and um, um, even the perfect year people, it's really been, it's really been amazing. 
and and people strive for it. People are pushing themselves to do these things that normally they I don't think they would do in other situations. And I really think that it includes all different types of body types. I don't look like a runner. And if you see me run, I'm not a runner. Yes, you are. You you start you cross the start and the finish line. By our definition, and you, my friend, are a runner. So, Grayson Allen, I know that both of you live very, very close to Disneyland, and obviously, you know, that is your home park. I, I remember you said on the Zoom call, how many minutes is it from your from your front door to Main Street USA? It's exactly one mile. One mile. Okay. What? So, yeah, so extremely, extremely close. Obviously, you know, th- there have been all sorts of swirling rumors over the years in terms of why the Disneyland races went away. And again, nobody will ever know that. But the fact that you are truly locals to Disneyland, have you ever heard of of what allowed Run Disney to come back to Anaheim? It, it, you know, was it the situation where you know, the, the city council was okay with it again, or was it more of a push on Disney's end? Have you ever heard anything about um, why everyone's going to be able to, to race there for the first time since, you know, was it 2017, 2018? Yeah, I think that the city council had something to do with it. And the previous mayor, if you follow Anaheim politics, was basically kicked out and arrested. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Okay, for, for basically selling some of the property around Angel Stadium for, you know, for possibly taking bribes. I mean, yeah, he, there was a lot of stuff going on. But there was also a tremendous amount of construction going on, too. And there was there's a lot of construction going on now. And we've already been to the homeowners meeting where they basically they're planning for at least another park. And there's yep. a major expansion even in, in downtown Disney. We don't have a Disney Springs with downtown Disney. Uh, Disney's a very good neighbor, but um, they're pretty locked into how much territory they really have. Of course, yep. And um, it wasn't like things that are different that most people don't realize. There's Disney parking, but Disney parking in Orlando is Disney. Disney parking in California is Anaheim. Oh. Disney doesn't get revenue from the parking the city of anaheim does Uh uh-huh because because i i I remember when everything had or you know when when run disney had went away i remember hearing stories you know again not that i'm tuned into anaheim politics by any means whatsoever but i remember reading headlines and, and some stories about how you know there was there was a big push for city council members running on a platform of we are pro Anaheim and anti Disney and everything like that. But then, but to see the dynamic shift, especially during COVID because, you know, you know, here you are 2017, 2018 hearing these stories. And then during COVID they're essentially doing press conferences with guardians of the the galaxy mission breakout in the, you know, in the background, you know, essentially trying to lure people back and, and hoping, you know, that the Disneyland gates could reopen. So, you know, to see such a dynamic shift in the span of just a couple of years, it was really, really fascinating. And obviously I think that that benefited run Disney and, and that, you know, we're at least, you know, for, you know, the calendar year, 2024, we're going to get two race weekends out of it, which is awesome. Disney's a good neighbor for us. I don't know many courses that they sweep the sidewalks a couple of times a week. 
<laughs> no, you're right about that. I mean, we have a good running path around. We can go out of our house and basically run around uh, DCA and, and Disneyland, and it's 4.2 miles. We cross the street, and we're in the Anaheim Resort area. Uh, we're about 150 yards away from the edge of the parking lot. Pretty sweet. That's so cool. <laughs> and we get we have the cheapest utilities of Orange County because of Disneyland. Ah, uh-huh, I gotta yeah. love that. City of Anaheim has the public utilities, so we have much cheaper uh, water and electric than the rest of Orange County. So there's a trade-off there, huh? You started to talk about this when you talked about uh, legacy runners at Disney. What are some of the special things that Disney does now for their perfect, and throughout the years, that Disney's done for their perfect marathoners? Uh, for the five years, we got the little, the little plaque. I think they mailed that to us. We didn't even know that they had it. I don't know if they handed it out to some people, but we got Uh that in the mail and we're kind of surprised. The big year when the legacy thing really happened is after 10 years. Okay. Because in 10 years, they gave them a masker and they did a special dinner event. It was pretty short, but everybody came to that. And all the perfects that were there were thrilled to get acknowledged. They got an extra t-shirt. They had um, a video film they put together with, you know, with race finishes and, you know, some media that they had put together. It was very fun. I thought it was very interesting because I had been hurt. So I'd already missed a couple of years, but I talked to people who had been sick, who'd been injured and who muscled their way through regardless so that they could, keep that legacy. And I'd never with all these races other than LA marathon legacy, which, you know, we've been around LA, um, hadn't heard that much about legacy running, but when we got that mouseker after 10 years, when he got that, all of our running friends wanted to be legacy for every race they could. Uh-huh. All of a sudden yeah, it of became a subject, which it, it wasn't that much of a subject before. For 15 years, we got a plaque. We They handed us a plaque at the end, and we really didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, they came up and they said, they just retired your number. You get the same. Oh, that's for cool. For 20 that's years, cool. they basically had. That's up here. And then for 20 years, they basically did a big thing. We got a, a, a legacy T-shirt, which nobody else got. And then we got a jacket. And then... And that was in our bag. And then they had a dinner for us. And then basically they announced and then they handed us all a ring. So we all got perfect ring. So the, even Jeff and Barb Galloway, Barb says the only two pieces of jewelry that Jeff has is his wedding band and the perfect ring. Is that right? And then for 25, they, um, they, they gave us another jacket and then they just gave us a piece of paper and people are kind of going, what's the piece of paper? And they, and I said, this is great. They gave us registration for life. Oh yeah. And yeah. Well, as long as they don't not complete it one year. So as long as stay perfect. And then for 30, we got, we got the special coin, which I didn't even know that they had a coin. And then we got the, the um, acknowledgement at, the 30K mark, the, the plaque, and then we got another jacket, and uh, we, and we've been getting the special ribbons. So 
uh, for the at the last 15 years, every every race, there's two ribbons. There's the general ribbon and there's the perfect ribbon. You get to start in the same corral every year then since they retired your bib number? Um, no, my bib number is a little bit because my bib number is one, four, five, six. Well, I by some, most of the perfects are in the uh, double digits or, or, or three digits. Mine's in the four, but usually they, they put us in, in a, cause we're getting older and I, I didn't start. I didn't even start Disney until I was 40. So it's, it's, you know, we're all getting older and, and a few have passed away over. Some have dropped out the oldest one, 80 Rudy. He decided not to run anymore, and um, we lost two last year due to a plane accident. So, oh my! You know, we've talked about this with our with our good friend Chris Twiggs, who, as I'm sure you know, is the youngest yes. of the perfect marathoners. Yeah, but not only do you have to be dedicated, not only do you have to persevere and work hard, and Grace is a great example. You got to be a little lucky. Because you get that injury that you really can't do anything about, you're not a perfect marathoner anymore. And it, it, it wasn't because of anything you did or didn't do. You just have to have a little luck on your side. Chris tells a story. I won't retell it here. He almost missed one year. Had to do with the birth of a child. But he managed to sneak it in there. So his streak continues also. Okay. So talking about perfect marathoners, how many are left? Do you know? There's about... 50 in the Disney World group and including Disneyland. Wow, that's that's honestly more than I would have expected. So you kind of mentioned earlier that the races started in cotton t-shirts and just kind of regular running shorts and stuff. When did it become a thing that people wore costumes? Was there like an advertisement where people were like, where Disney wanted you to wear costumes or did it just randomly come about? That just randomly came about. But the first, the first two mile, uh, fun run around around World Showcase, it was a one size fit all T shirt. There was no metal, and <laughs> it was Joan Benoit, uh, yeah, Bill Rogers, and Bill Rogers, Alberto yeah, Bill Salazar. Okay, for you youths out there, those are great American distance runners of the seventies. I would say for most of them, Alan Grace, with all the experience you have. We have a lot of friends who are in another week. Many of them are going to hit Disney World for their first race ever, whether it's going to be the 5K or whether it's going to be the Dopey Challenge. If you could talk with them, and you can, by the way, right now, what would you tell these folks who are heading out for their first run Disney event? First, go to everything early. If you want to go to the Expo and get the Run Disney merchandise, try to get in the queue or go early. Or if you know someone that can pick it up, pick it up. Try to go out and get the electrolyte and the uh, nutrient, whatever they think that it's going to be on the course, and try that. Prepare for basically cold, medium, and hot temperature. And especially on the West Coast, prepare for wind. Because they ended up shutting down um, the superheroes' finish area because of wind and they almost can the race because of the wind. Wow. Um, I think go with the attitude of basically uh, make sure you have enough time when you're running. And if you if you want to have a character stop, make sure you have enough time to do it. Because 
the best souvenir is a finisher medal that you use rather than a picture on the character if you're going to have to wait five or ten minutes for that character and it's it's going to be it's going to be uh, critical to your time um and take extra stuff to the start area take an extra pair of socks take an extra shirt if you want to um because the the bag check seems to be pretty good and seems to be safe and take an early bus because in year two the first bus was the last bus uh oh well i don't know that we've I don't know if we ran into that problem. We haven't run into problems of buses getting lost, but uh, yeah, we we tend to take. I, I say we, the folks here, tend to take early buses, and we encourage others because we like the time to socialize before the race. Grace, do you have anything to add that you would tell first-time runners at Disney World? Um, at Disney World, I would say sometimes the weather changes more there than it does here. I've started the race, I don't remember what year it was, but it was like 66 at the start. It was 42 when I finished. That never Ooh. happens in our weather in California. At least that that doesn't often happen here, but it does. Obviously, it did. So, you know, my, my advice would be to, you know, take pack some extra gear just in case, in case the weather changes and you need a hat or gloves. or Because in Florida, it's kind of hard to find cold weather gear when you're at the race expo. Um, out in California, you can find virtually anything that you want to be prepared for that. So we've come for the weekend and had rain, freezing cold, and hot all in the same weekend in Florida. So, um, And now we've got the advantage of apps and more weather reports to give us more information, but we didn't used to like have that much information going in a week early. So... That would be my advice. For me personally, I need to remember if it's cold to keep my core warm. So if it's cold, I tend to wear a hat, wear gloves, and make sure I probably have on a vest because I have experienced hypothermia. And that's, you know, it's just not, it just doesn't make for a good race. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You're not going to have a good time if that happens. I hope, hopefully we'll stay dry. That's the big thing. If you can stay dry, you can deal with a lot of stuff if you can stay dry. When it starts to get wet... That's when things can can get a little ugly. But here we are at the time of a recording, a little over a week from the start. Weather looks like it might be pretty decent, kind of cool for Florida standards, but not cold. So I don't want to commit to that. It's 10 days out, but it's looking pretty good. One of the, good. One of the things that happened in the past, which which some people forgot about, is Disney used to go with, with the paper jackets and, and pants. And, yeah. he, and the, one of the Disney jackets was actually a paper jacket. Yeah. Uh, so I, it, it's on my website, but I mean, I can put I a picture it of it. Fifth anniversary. So, and because people weren't prepared and then they were just, they sold these paper jackets. Yeah. I, I, I said, yeah, as if I remember them at Disney, I don't. I remember Jeff had them one time at the end of one of his races in Atlanta. I think someone was selling them at the expo last year. Really? Look like little painter suits, basically right. white painter yeah. suits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's been so much that is that has changed. One oh, one of the interesting facts about the Legacy Runners is that if if they if we've run all the marathons at Disney World, nobody can say that they've actually run all the marathon courses because for a while, especially when they had the half the same day, 
there were two courses at the beginning and it met up by um, test track. So there was an A course and there was a B course, but you couldn't run them both. Oh, well, how interesting. Long, how long did they, I wasn't aware of that. How long did they do that? They did it for a couple of years because it was just too much to get everybody through that area around the start of Epcot. So okay. there was actually two courses. And the half and the full went off on the same day. Yes. And when they split the half and the full into two separate days, and we we actually were interviewed for this, Disney thought there was only going to be 15 people that were going to do both. They didn't oh, know, really? Oh, yeah. They didn't know it was going to be so big. Surprise. Yeah. And then they got a lot of grief when Minnie came about because Minnie was the 10K, and they said that, that basically because there was so many females running that they really need to elevate Minnie to the, the, the marathon. And that's why if you see later on, Minnie's, the, the 10K is not Minnie's anymore. She got moved up to the marathon. Yeah, she and Mickey are in the marathon. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Grace, Alan, it, it's a pleasure. Before we let you go, however, we have a thing we do sometimes we call them rapid fire questions. They are exactly what they sound like. And I'm going to ask Alicia to fire away right now. All right. So the first one is Sleeping Beauty Castle or Cinderella's Castle? Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Do you prefer Small World at Disney World or Disneyland? Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah, that one's way better. <laughs> um, Hollywood Studios or California Adventure? I'd say Hollywood Studios. What do you say, Grace? I'd probably say California Adventure. Is Dole Whip better in Disneyland or Disney World? Disney World has more flavors, usually. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but I feel like Disneyland is so iconic by the Tiki Birds. They're both good. <laughs> All right. And then last one. The Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln or the Hall of Presidents? Great Moments with Lincoln. I agree. An iconic, awesome. uh, iconic thing. I kind of started the world of, uh, of, what do they call it? Not uh, audio animatronics. 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 That's the word. Yeah. Thank you. Started the world of animatronics. Sure did. Grace and Alan, thank you. Busy time of year for you to spend this time with us. We are so grateful. And not only that, we're very excited about seeing both of you here next week. For, for. Alan, it'll be number 31, and for Grace, number 27? Actually, for me, it's, for me, it's 32. 32. we got to count Disneyland. I don't want to leave that out. You are right, my friend. I should not leave that out. But I, I, am, I am most excited about meeting both of you in person. And, uh, and thanks again. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Alan and Grace, for that interview. That was great. If, you, if you're following Alan and Grace on our Facebook uh, group page, Alan's like the historian of like run Disney marathons. Uh, he posts all the little items and shirts and trinkets that they've gotten over the last 30 years of racing. And it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. It, I, I, I really appreciate Alan. He's, he's jumped in and become a big part of the uh, rise and run family. And it's, it's really wonderful to have both, him and grace with us look forward to seeing him remember look for him at the expo or at the meetup i i know he'll be excited to see you and maybe just maybe if he has enough with him 
He's going to need somebody to help him carry all those bracelets he's going yeah. to have. I think that's fantastic that they dedicated that much time, effort, and work for us. That's really cool. Friends, we say this often when you head over to the expo. Don't forget, please, to visit with our friend Pam at Fluffy Fizzies. Tell her you maybe, you're, maybe you'll pick up your expo order. But even if you're not ordering anything, just go say hi to Pam. You'll enjoy that. Uh, Tell her you heard her on the podcast, although we didn't have her on this time, but she's been on a couple of times before. She's always a delightful person. And I say this every time, go visit Jeff Galloway. And this time, I want you to stop and say hi to Barb also. Tell Barbara you heard her on the podcast and tell her what a great job she did because she really did. So I think she's going to get a kick out of it. They love to see you just as much as we do and stop by and say hi to them. Reminder, our meetup is at 3 p.m. at Disney Springs in the food truck area. Last I looked, I don't know if we went over 100 people who confirmed they were going to be there or not, but we're right around that number. Uh, We really are excited to see you there. However... Many people are there at 3.30. We'll take a group photo right around 3.30. It doesn't mean you have to leave after the photo, but we'll try and do that at 3.30 so you know what time to look for. Friends, time for a tradition that has grown by leaps and bounds. The Disney World, and we will do Disneyland, race weekend roll call. Now, This is a reflection of all of you who have added your names to the race report in our Facebook group. We are going to call you out. The rules are as as follows. When you hear your name called, you should need to stand up. If you are on short final and the seatbelt sign is on, you are exempted from that rule. This daggum list, friends, however, is so long that we'll break it down. A through M, stand, N through Z, then we'll do it that way. Uh, We did our best to capture everyone's name. We did our best, if you put a note in there for us to read. The only thing I'm going to tell you, friends, some of you put in the charity that you were racing for, and God bless you, that's wonderful. But so many of us are racing for charities that I I did scratch through those, so I didn't list those. Also, joining us to help us out, and we will hear more from him later in the episode, our good buddy Mark is here to help us with this list of, and friends for the marathon weekend, there are over 350 names on this list. It's fantastic. It is awesome the way you've responded. Mark, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for coming out of the bullpen for us for this one. We, we appreciate <laughs> it. Happy to be here. All right, so let's begin with the Dopey Challenge. Alicia, take it away. So we have Abby, who's a first-time Dopier, Adam, Adrian from Canada, first-time Dopey, Amy from England, Aaliyah, first-time Dopey, Allison L and Allison O, both first-time Dopiers, Alyssa, Amanda, and Amy. Okay, so uh, coming up next, Andrew is doing his first dopey. We have Angela, Angie, Anna with the first dopey, Ashton's first dopey, 
Beth's first dopey, Bob's fourth dopey, Brad's, and Brian. We then have Britt doing her first dopey, Brooke as well doing first dopey, Charlie, their eighth dopey, Christina doing her first dopey, Christopher and Lauren doing their first dopey, Sissy and uh, her husband, Connie, sixth dopey, Crystal's doing her first, as well as Dale, and this is actually Dale's first run Disney event. Oh, wow. Danny doing his first dopey and first marathon. No flag next to Danny, but that's Danny from the Netherlands. David B's doing his first dopey. David W will be there. Debbie and her daughter Meredith doing their first dopey. Devin, Dina, first dopey, first marathon. Elizabeth, Ellie for the first dopey. Aaron, Aaron R, and Gabby. All right. So we have Grace, Heather C with Pushrim, Heather M, first dopey, Heidi, Idania, Jacqueline. Jackie and husband Fred, it's their first dopey and their first marathon for both of them. James and Wendy, it's going to be Wendy's first dopey. Jared and Jason. We've got Jeanette with her mom, Louise, doing their first dopey. A perfect dopey, Jeff. (gasps) Jen. Jennifer D, her first dopey. Jennifer IS, first dopey. Jennifer P, first dopey. Jennifer V, first dopey. The Jennifers are out in force for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jess, first dopey and her first run Disney event. Jessica C, first time dopey. And Jessica F, first time dopey. We have Jessica G, Jody, first time dopey. John, our John. <laughs> Josh, first time dopey. Josh, Joshua, Julia, Kate. Caitlin doing her first time, first dopey and first marathon. Catherine, first time dopey. And Catherine with brother Nathan, first run Disney and first dopey. Okay. We are approximately, I said M, we're approximately halfway done the dopeys. There are that many. So A through J, you may be seated. Take it away, John. Okay. So Kathy is doing her first run Disney event and her first dopey. Katie's doing her first dopey. Katrina's doing her first dopey. Kelly's doing first dopey. Kendra's first dopey. Kirk's first dopey. Kristen L, first marathon, first dopey. Kristen S, first dopey. Christy and Kristen. Continuing on, we have Christina with daughter Lindsay, their first dopeys. Laura. Lauren, Lori with her daughter, Hannah, first dopey and first marathon. Lena, Lexi, different Lexi though, not our Lexi, first dopey. We have our good friend, Leah, Lisa B, Lisa C, and Lisa H, and she is doing her first dopey. Lizzie will be there, as will Lucy, Luke, Maggie doing her first dopey, Margaret, Mark B., Our buddy, Mark H., and I will violate my rule here because, Mark, I know it's such a big deal for you that you've worked at Give Kids the World so long or so often that Mark's running for Give Kids the World. Mark W., Marty's first dopey and first marathon, and Mary's first dopey. I have Mary Jo, first dopey and first marathon. 
Matt H, Matt K. Now, listen to this one. Matt, Sean, Jordan, and Nikki, family of four, all running first dopey together. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, we also have Matthew D, Megan, first dopey, Melissa, first run Disney event and first dopey, Melissa M, Melissa R, first run Disney and first dopey, as well as Michael, first dopey and first marathon. And then we've got Michelle, who's running her first dopey, first marathon, and first run Disney event for the hat trick. Monica Morag, first dopey. Morgan. Nick, running his second dopey and 12th marathon. Nikki. Olivia, running first dopey. Patrick, first dopey, first half marathon, first marathon, and first run Disney event. That's what I Bravo. Bunch of PRs there. Absolutely. Rachel running a second dopey and Renee. And to continue, we have Rob, Ryan, another Ryan running his seventh dopey and 10th marathon. Sabrina, who's first dopey. Samantha, first dopey and first marathon. Sarah, Simone, first dopey. Shawnee, Sean, and Sherry, who's also doing their first dopey. Okay, we got Steve's first dopey and first marathon. Stevie, Tara, Taylor's third dopey, Tony, Tracy's first dopey, first marathon, Trisha, Troy, and Victoria to round it all out. Oh, wow. Round of applause for our dopey runners in the Rise and Run family, all 140 of them, or actually more than 140 because some of those lines had multiple names. We're proud of you, gang. We're proud of you. That's awesome. So next we move on to the Goofy Challenge. And the first name that we have is our good friend from the arm wrestling capital of the world, Abel, who is doing his first Goofy and first full marathon. We have Alyssa doing her first Goofy. Andrea, Ashley, Brian, his first Goofy. Carissa, Carrie, Dawn, and Dylan. Doug will be running his first Goofy. Jack. Jack's doing the Goofy Challenge. Jan doing her first Goofy. Jody, Karen, Kay, Kristen, Laura, Liz, first Goofy, and Mary. All right, we got Michael, Natalie, Rachel, Riley, Ryan, Sarah, first Goofy, Sean, first Goofy, and of course, Tara, first Goofy. Those are our Goofy Runners. Our Rise and Run Marathon runners from earlier in the episode, Alan, the perfect marathoner, and Grace, Allison, Alicia. That's me. Amy E. That's you. Amy E. Amy L. Ashley. Avery. Brandy. And Brittany L. First marathon. We also have Brittany M. First marathon. Chadwick, who's doing his first marathon on his own since his wife is seven months pregnant. Our friend Chris Twiggs, who is a perfect marathoner. Christiana, 13th in-person Disney marathon in a row. Christina, Garen, first marathon. Haley, first marathon. Hannah, first marathon. Heather E, first marathon. Heather O, and husband. We have Heidi's first marathon. Jennifer, Jessica, Joe Ellen, first run Disney event. John, Kelly, first run Disney, first marathon. Carrie Ann. Kerry, first marathon. Kevin, first run Disney event. 
and Kim's first marathon. Then we have Kristen D, Kristen F, and then the following people are all running their first marathon. Laura, Lauren, Luann, Madeline, and this is also Madeline's first run Disney event. Megan, Melissa, Rachel F, and Rachel L. Winding up our list of marathon runners, Sarah R, Sarah C, first marathon, Sarah N, first marathon, Taylor and Taylor's fiance, Brandon, running first marathon, Tiffany, running 13th marathon. Let's wrap it up with Tracy and Tucker, both running their first marathon, our Disney marathon runners. All right, you guys, you know what's next, the half marathon. All right, first off, we have Abby plus baby for her, for our first half is what it says. So ha- hashtag uh, PR for World both? Marathon, PR? Ha- uh, half marathon baby? I'm not sure. It could be. Could be. 13.1 baby. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. We also have Alicia and Camille, Alyssa with her first half and first run Disney event. We have our own. <laughs> we have Amy, Anna, Becca running with Sister Erin, who's doing dopey. Bethany, Caitlin, Don, and Aaron. Picking up, we have our very own Greg. That's me. Jeanette, Jason, Jay, who is going to be trying to walk the half marathon in a boot, which Bob can confirm can be done. And Dad Kevin, Jen, Julie. Running half number 50 of a goal of 50. Kate, Kayla, Kelly, and Lori. And to continue, we have our very own Lexi, Lindsay, Lori, Mandy, Peyton, and Blake. Blake's first half marathon. Ravi, Sean, Sherilyn, Sonia, and husband, his first half. And Tammy. And to round it out, we have Tracy... Thailand and Valerie. All right. That's our half marathoners. We're getting there, kids. And you could all sit down now if your name was raised, right, Rob? Oh, that's right. That's right. I hope you're not still standing. Yes. You, the dopies are still standing, I think. Oh, golly. Golly, I hope <laughs> not. Tired of <laughs> Jeez. I'm mean, going to be tired enough running dopey than stand. Oh, well, it's good practice for the corrals. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Inch slowly forward while you're doing this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we move to the 10K. We have Alicia, Camille, Caden, and Zara, Becca, Brandy, Carissa, and Charlie, David doing their first 10K, Aaron, Grace, myself, Hannah, and Jeanette. Jen, Kim, Lori, Lexi, Monica, Nicholas, Peyton, Blake, and Jean. This is Jean's first 10K. Rob, Sarah, and Scott. We got Sue, Tiffany with dad, first 10K, and dad was at Disneyland opening day. Ooh, that's really cool. That's that's (laughs) pretty cool, cool, huh? Yeah. (laughs) We have Tracy. And that rounds it up for the 10K. You got it. You got it. All right, our Rise and Run 5K runners. Anna, April, Becca, Becky with Bob, Brenda, who's at her first run Disney event, Carl, 
Don, Delaney, Diane with John, Amelia, 10 years old, and Sam, 8 years old, running with mom Kristen, their first 5K and first run Disney race. We have Heidi running with her partner, Missy. It's Missy's first run Disney race. Jamie, Joy from Canada, Carrie Ann, Lori R, first run Disney race, Lori W, Mary, Megan, Nicholas, first run Disney race, and Sarah. And rounding out to 5K, Tommy, first run Disney with wife Tracy, who is doing dopey, and Tracy. All right. Last but not least, we want to recognize all of our Rise and Run friends who are doing the virtual options of these races. So we have Andrew doing the 10K, Anna doing the 5K, Jessica the 10K, Joe, virtual Joe that is, uh, doing the 5K and half. Joy from Canada doing something unique here. She's doing the 5K live, but then rest of the dopey on Disney property. Then Megan's doing the 10K. Sarah is going to be just like Joy doing the 5K live and the rest of Dopey somewhere on Disney property. Then Sean is doing the half live and then the rest of Dopey elsewhere. And then rounding it out, Stephanie is doing the 5K. And that is all of our virtual runners. And for virtual, you can ask Joe, where's the best place to run? Yes, Yes, Joe, Joe will tell you the the loop of Hourglass Lake at Pop Century and Art of Animation, but based on the number of times he did those loops, I'm pretty sure he has all the factoids about the decades memorized. <laughs> so if you want to know, ask Joe. All right, my friends, you can all be seated unless you happen to be listening to this while you are, in fact, at Disney World taking part in one of the races, in which case you probably don't want to be seated. My friends, this is just remarkable. The number of people who are going to be there, I'd love to say, well, I'm going to say it. We hope we see all of you. I think that's probably impossible, but we want to see as many of you as we possibly can. And again, I am overwhelmed by the response we get and the growth we see in the community, the reaction we get from everyone. It is just fantastic. We wish each one of you the very best. That's always fun, and it's getting more fun every race. Now, as long as that roll call was, it's time for a very short race report. Katie was in St. Louis, the St. Louis Track Club Frostbite Series race number two, a 10-miler. In Lansing, Michigan, Emily ran the Playmakers Holiday Classic 5K. Children Henry and Carolyn finished their first ever 100-meter sprint. Emily got a 5K PR. Coming in at just under 30 minutes. That's a great run, Emily. Last race until Princess 5K in February. In Vieira, Florida, Run Run Santa one miler, Margaret and John joined over 1,100 other Santas for this particular race. In this race, Everybody has to dress in the Santa suit that's provided for them. So it makes for a fascinating experience. I imagine it's kind of tough on Margaret having someone else providing her costuming for a race. But she pulled it off. That would be so uh, much fun. <laughs> yeah, it looked pretty cool. Photos are neat. Is Beard included? Great question, Jack. I don't think, I do not recall seeing Beards in the photos. 
Uh, Margaret's 40th race of the year, still her ankle's given her problems 90% better, but just to be cautious and make sure that she makes it to the start of the Dopey Challenge, because Margaret's scheduled to do Dopey to Dumbo, she used her knee scooter again, which of course was decorated. In Arlington, Texas, there was a Christmas Day 5K. Laura was there. Uh, fairly small local run, but it was the only one available to her during the short time she was visiting the family in the Arlington area. 40 degrees, a little colder than she expected, but got it done. And it was a nice way to start Christmas Day. In Seattle, Washington, Vanessa did the holiday fun run. The race has a kid's dash, which was adorable, of course. Plus 5, 10, and 15K options is a loop around a lovely park in Seattle. Vanessa did the 15K, really enjoyed it. Cold day, sunny though. Lots of mud and puddles on the route. Now, how much fun is that, right? Mud and puddles on a cool day? Uh, Yeah. Best to use trail shoes if you're going to try this one. No course support, but there was a hot chocolate bar at the end, which is nice. And the holiday costumes were cool. Vanessa ran in her figment shirt for this run. And wrapping up this rather short race report in Hudson, Ohio, Lori and Peter did the frosty five miler. Peter was amazing. He walked the five miles at a little over a 14 minute pace. That's a good pace for walking Peter, 1419. Very good. Lori ran 50, 25 intervals, came in at 5448. And that is a five mile PR for Lori. You know, I want to go back to Vanessa's run real quick. What do you think would be on a hot chocolate bar? I'm very intrigued by this. Yeah, marshmallows, right? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously I marshmallows, marshmallows, but, but what Peppermint sticks. Ooh. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I think we're kind of out of options. No. Yeah. Some my name on it because I would eat that chocolate bar. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's not whip a cream? literal hot. Okay, whipped cream. That, that's a good uh, one. That's a good one. That could be whipped cream. Maybe it's an yeah. assortment of marshmallows for, for the marshmallow mm. connoisseurs. Okay. <laughs> All right, friends. That's it for the race report. We've talked about it before. What's upcoming? Greg told you a lot about it. I want to remind you that coming up maybe early next week, maybe on Thursday, episode 119 with the Run Disney Race Announcers. It's a lot of fun. There's something I like to do in the last episode prior to Marathon Weekend, and our friend Mark joined us to help us out with this. So, Mark, welcome welcome back, Mark, to the Rise and Run podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you here. How you doing? I'm doing better than I deserve, Bob. <laughs> Very good to be back. Where have and I so heard I that? The, I know. I was on the customized training plan. Yeah. <laughs> Where have I heard that? Before? You might have to pay residuals to Twigs for that one. You know that? <laughs> I probably do. I'll check in with him and see what's going right is. <laughs> good stuff. Well, Mark, a pleasure again to have you here. Happy holidays, my friend. It's uh, it's good to see you. Friends, a lot of you, many of you may not know the valuable contributions Mark makes to this podcast, to the Facebook groups, and to the whole family. 
I'm going to ask him to talk a little bit about each one of them, but let's start with those glorious training schedules that he puts out for us every week. And the question to you, Mark, those are awesome. How'd you get started with those? What what was the motivation and and how'd you get going with them? If I remember right, I actually started doing them for the first timers group that Alicia runs. I started doing them before the podcast had gotten very big. It was right. I think it was the year you guys started actually. Um, so I started, I met most of you through that first timers group and that's right. Yeah. And so that was just kind of a way, this is, this is the way I, I deal with the world is I, I really appreciated all the help and, and support that I had gotten from that group and the bazillion questions I asked when I was prepping for my first marathon. And I thought this would be a fun way to go back. Also, as I recall, it was the nineties themed marathon and I just, really enjoyed that theming so I thought it'd be fun to have one that was themed instead of just having to cut and paste out of Jeff's plans the 90s theme marathon just just last year oh, that, that was but, recently yeah that was that yeah. was right right uh-huh um yeah well it's good it's really good that you came along because prior to that that <laughs> that segment on the Facebook group was me going to Jeff's training schedule and cropping a screenshot of the week and popping it up there. It was functional, but it was not pretty. <laughs> but functional is what you need. People just need to know how far to run. Yeah. But this but was looks a heck of a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to, to engage with it. I had probably too much fun, speaking of themes that I enjoyed with the springtime surprise plans that we just started posting. I really like that adventure theme. They're great. Now, on, on the rise and run podcast facebook group page you added a little bit something extra you came up with kind of a question or a theme for the week yeah i i borrowed that uh, we were talking before about podcasts we listen to and I, I actually borrowed that from the be our guest podcast where they do something similar uh, they have a, a question every week where they uh, joseph ficus posts and and talks about you know things that he's processing as he's going through his his marathon training we have a lot of new people and it can be intimidating when you first join a group to dive in and to ask questions and to feel like you're bothering people, even though we would say they aren't, but it still feels like for some people, it can be hard to do that reaching out. So I thought it'd be nice just to have a conversation starter to let people ask questions or maybe even, you know, kind of preface the questions they might ask anyway. Yeah, it has been well received and it's a lot of fun. And it's appreciated. Okay, so Mark, last year you did something that was really cool. Uh, for those, you did a pacing sheet or a buddy sheet, or however you want to call it, uh, where you said, "Okay, here's people that were willing to run with people, and here's the, the intervals or paces we want to do. If you want to hook up, let's get together." You want to talk how you got that idea and what started that? I think I actually also borrowed that idea from the Be Our Guest podcast. <laughs> told. Um, they they gonna, do something similar. We're going to owe them royalties in a bit here. Yeah, yeah. We got, we got oh, yeah. Twigs, and now we got the Be Our Guest group. Yeah, this is, You had no idea what you were getting in for when you invited me on this evening. I had an idea. <laughs> no, they, but they do have a similar idea. They're, they're very big on that, on the same concept that, that Rise and Run is that 
you know, we're all in this together. This, this is a family affair. Yeah. Yeah. And their slogan actually is you never run alone. So, uh, So it just kind of sprung out of that. I, I do it a little differently. They, I don't think they put in the categories for things like, are you planning to ride Everest or are you planning to stop and get a margarita <laughs> in Mexico? But it's the same concept. It's the idea is again, and especially for, for new folks that are just joining us or who this is their first marathon. It's a lot, no matter how well trained you are, no matter how, how prepared you feel, 26 miles is a long way to go. Oh, golly, yeah. Especially if it's at the end of Dopey. So having a chance to have, if nothing else, because I know it's hard to fill out and we don't know our corrals until, you know, practically the day of. Yeah. So you pick up your bib. You can't know for sure whether you're going to be in the right corral to run with someone else. But at the very least, it's kind of turned into a way for people to say, I'm open to people running with me. You know, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm not one of the people who just needs to run their own race. And there's nothing wrong with people that need to run their own race and be in their own head. But this is a way for somebody to say, Hey, I'd be glad to have somebody to keep me company. Let's figure out what pace ish we want to go. Yeah. And I know you did it for wine and dine. Will we see it? We haven't seen it yet. Well, as of the time that we release this podcast, I think you expect maybe to have it up. Yeah. My, my plan is to have it up before this drops. Okay. So we'll look for it with, uh, with one week to go to a race day. And that's cool. That's plenty of time. And as we've mentioned before, and we'll mention again, you can always find us to the left side of the bleachers facing the stage. So if you need a place to meet up with someone that you may wish to run with, that's a good place to do it. The other thing, Mark, that again, you've worked very hard on that charity sheet, which is still pinned to the top of the page. Now it's getting kind of late in the season. I think there are probably still some races that you could look at probably springtime surprise. You, you could, could even princess the, even the princess. Thing that I, yeah. This is my first year doing that. And what I have discovered, I'm learning lots as I do it. There is a cutoff for the charities and it's usually a few weeks before the race. Uh, where they just at that point you can't get in anymore they have to do whatever they do whether they give the bips back or however they do it so a lot of charities do tend to offer their remaining bibs at a reduced fundraising rate towards the end because they've paid for them to get them they have to pay disney for them so they'd rather at least make back what they paid to get the bib and maybe a little extra than to just lose it entirely I try to keep the spreadsheet up with that, but the truth of the matter is they don't typically post that to their main page. They're posting it in emails to their supporters. They're posting it sometimes on the Run Disney Marketplace pages, but I don't see them all. So I do my best to keep it up, but especially if you're getting close to a race where something has changed and you know we're, it's January and you've decided suddenly you're able to do Princess your best bet is always going to be to reach out directly to a charity and ask, even if my spreadsheet says they don't have any, they might because things change, especially when you get close to race day, people don't reach their minimums. Life happens. But yeah, there still were some bibs available for princess. Last I looked, there are definitely plenty of bibs still available for springtime. Last I looked, 
I'm a few weeks behind. The holidays have been busy. And, oh, of course, for everybody. Um, and I've been focused on getting ready for the marathon myself. I, I'm sorry. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, I understand that too. Absolutely, 100% understand that. F- folk, friends, if you're if you're not quite sure what we're talking about, if you go to the Rise and Run Facebook group at the top of the page where the featured posts are, they're pinned up to the top. You can look there. There's a charity spreadsheet, and it will tell you for each of the events that occurs at Disney World or Disneyland or just WDW. No, I had Disneyland too. Disneyland, okay, great. Like Disneyland at this point. Yeah, there's a, a list of charities that participate, and if you're interested, seek that out and take a look and see what still might be available later in the season. But you started, Mark, you started talking about getting ready for the marathon. What are you doing this next weekend? What races are you running? I'm I'm doing dopey again. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it was so much fun last year. I decided I wanted to come back and do it without a torn muscle this year. Yeah, well, good. Good. Let's, you know, knock wood somewhere. Let's get to the, let's get to the start line healthy. You've had a good training season, Mark. You've you've made some really good strides. It has been a surprisingly good year. Uh, it's been very strange for me as as a kid who was seriously asthmatic and as someone who is um, on the larger side, the the amount of progress I've made this year has been exciting and slightly mind-boggling. Mark, I think it's a testament to uh, your dedication, number one, but also the training plan and the success, the fact that if you can stick with it, and I've observed this myself, it does work. Sometimes we question it, but by golly, when we put it to the test, it seems to work. It's been working really well for me. If people have any doubts about the Galloway method, I've yeah, I've made a lot of progress this year. You sure. certainly have, and, and you should be proud. We're proud of you. All right. This is a tradition, my friends, a tradition that I started again, as Mark alluded to before the podcast. I used to do this in the Facebook group page. There's a song that I think it's special to me, and I think it encapsulates what we're trying to do here. With, And I don't care if it's the 5K or if it's the Dopey Challenge, if it's something that's meaningful to you, something that you have had to work for very hard, something that you may have thought was impossible, then I think this is for you also. To dream the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable For the ride 
without question or pause To be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause And I know if I'll only be true to this glorious quest That my heart will lie peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest And the world will be better for this that one man, scorned and covered in scars, still strove with his last ounce of courage to reach the unreachable stars. Gets me every time. It gets me every time. Mark, thanks. I, I listened. I listen to the words. There's a line at the end that gets me, and the world will be better for this. And I sometimes think about that, and I sometimes, friends, you need to think about that too. You never know who you're motivating. You never know who's, you may never know who's watching you run down the street every day and thinking, you know, maybe I could do that. Or listening to you talk about what we do in these runs who changes their life also. I know it's changed mine, but that will always be the ultimate song before we head off on our own quest. Mark, thank you so very much. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. All right, my friends, we have before race weekend, we have a Zoom meeting on Thursday night. So instructions are on the in the Facebook group. Hope to see you there. We sure got plenty to talk about. All right, that's it, friends. Episode 118, the final episode of 2023, comes to an end. We are going to see you very, very soon. My friend, and if you run, you know you are our friend. We couldn't be more excited. We look forward to seeing you. Until then, though, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.